Do you know what a nutty buddy is? Well, if you listen to our interview on today's show, you're going to find out. It's awesome, but we're going to talk about the March Madness coming to an end, the Masters, and shenanigans in Major League Baseball and the All-Star Game. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with... Mr. Brown. And... Canadian Biggie. Ah, and Biggie, man, you missed our interview that's going to be on the show coming up, but you, you got a little North Dakota connection there. I got to say, he quickly became one of my most favorite people. I mean, you talked to him after the interview, and you, you took the phone from Mr. Brown there, essentially, just because you guys were uh, you know, opining about things of uh, North Dakota nature, I guess. Is that fair to say? Riding bareback across the prairie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's code for something else, but we're going to ignore that. But we had former big leaguer Mark Littell uh, join us. And it, honestly, we had to cut the interview short because we could have talked all night. Yeah, he, he's literally the most interesting man in the world. Uh, he Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's not part of the show. But when you talk to him afterwards, like he... Did a Dos Equis commercial? Yeah, said, that's what he said. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. So we're, we're going to have him on the show again sometime down the road for sure. But there's a reason why this podcast is rated explicit on iTunes. And and you're going to find out if you listen to the interview. It's not for kids. But you know what? If you got a sense of humor and you just enjoy good sports talk, it's one of the better interviews we've done. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. All right. So, guys, if you like the show... If you found us somewhere out in the interwebs, make sure you subscribe, listen to it. And if you don't like the show, just move on. Don't say anything bad, but make sure you check us out on social media. We got the Facebook firing up again, and we're on all platforms. And you can get this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whatever platform is available. But that being said, we got sports to talk about. We just got a few things because the interview's long and it's good. So we're going to save a lot of that for later. But let's just start off. We, we come back from last week. We had the, the final four wrapped up. And the Baylor Bears are your national champion. The Baylor Bears, who were almost a program left for dead not too long ago, where players are killing each other and all kinds of nonsense, and now they they got a title? You want to talk about, like, return from the depths and what you've done with the program? You had one player kill another one, and wasn't it the coach (laughs) covered it up? Yeah. To try to protect the programs to make bad? the guy. Yeah, <laughs> like this, our brows got nothing on the basketball program from Ooh. was that fifteen or twenty years ago? Yeah, it was early uh, two thousand three, two thousand four, yeah, somewhere in there. I mean, just just madness. And yeah. you know, part of me as a Mountaineer fan, I'm upset because I'm like, if Baylor can win it, why can't we? You know, you kind of feel that way. Uh, well, Baylor Gonzaga, who played them the best all year long out of anybody in the country, West we Virginia, did. who lost in the second round to Syracuse. But yeah. this is not a West Virginia show. So we're going to move on from that pain point. Personally, I'm fine with Baylor winning. I, I mean, I'm just saying. I, Baylor I, I, had some dogs. Like I was sitting down like, here with Mr. Brown watching the game first half, and what Baylor was on every loose ball, and you could like see it in their I'm eyes. I'm not so, upset they won. No, I'm it, just saying I'm jealous. Gonzaga it, never had a lead. Yeah, that's Ever. like there's no lead change. Wire to wire. It, it Ten was, minutes in, they're up 12-14, and Mr. Brown's like, dude, it's over. There's no way. These Baylor boys just want it. So I, Big 12 Conference versus what? The WAC? Is that right? The the Western Athletic Conference, I okay. believe. Yeah. Or, West Coast Conference. West Coast. WCC. Yeah. That's it. You can well, tell the competition. Yeah, it's a little different. But Baylor will play anybody anywhere. They played really well They're a good out team. of conference before the they season started. They deserve to be there. Although they lost a couple games to COVID. Weren't they supposed to play Baylor before? Early, after yeah. West Virginia played them back in December, they were supposed to play. And, uh, you know, it, we, we got our wish finally. It just happened to 
be in April uh, essentially. So the, the one thing I want to, I want to jump back to real quick though, because the, the championship game was garbage, but did you watch the UCLA Gonzaga game? Yes. Uh, wow, that was a long pause. Well, because I kind of fell asleep for part of it because it came on later wow. and I'm old. I'll say this. The most forgotten shot in the history of basketball is going to be Jalen Suggs' game winner in overtime. It, it, it's going to. But, you know, so the, in the cutouts. Hold on. Before you go, I've heard a ton of, and he's looking at the cutouts and he's yelling to them. <laughs> There is no way that shot's in my top 10 all-time for college basketball because if he misses, it goes to another overtime. It's not on par with – they're trying the to put it up there shot. with Leitner's shot. No. But but it, it was – it's it's up there. I'm sorry. I know no. the stakes are the same, and I, I'm telling you why it's up there. First of all – You put that, it in the top five, top I, I, ten? Top three. Top uh, three. That, that, might be, that might be the greatest college basketball game I've seen. And, I, I mean, it's up there with the, the Duke-Kentucky from the 90s. And, and, and here's the thing. Revision. This history, no, what have you done for I'm me lately? Old. I didn't fall asleep like you did, you lazy ass. I watched the whole game. And you talk about how the, the championship game was wire-to-wire Baylor. This game never had more than a six-point lead in it. And if you go look at the little the score chart where it shows you how big the margin is, it, it's just like roads crossing constantly. It was amazing. If you go watch the highlights, every time you look, it's like 23-21. It's 35-34. 43-41. Like, it never got out of hand either way. And I felt so bad for UCLA because they were the f- first four in. Now they're in the final four. And they gave Baylor their best shot. And I'm convinced because of that game, Baylor had nothing left. Not- or not Baylor. Gonzaga, Gonzaga had nothing left for Baylor. What you're saying is Baylor would have smacked UCLA just like they did Gonzaga. I'm telling you that UCLA beat Gonzaga. It just happened a couple days later. When I watched that game, granted I fell asleep. Then I rewatched some of it at three in the morning. What it reminded me of is that Kentucky team of a couple years ago, (laughs) undefeated all the way to the Final Four, and they ran into a buzzsaw in Wisconsin, who was up on them from the start of the game, and it's like the national championship game with Gonzaga. They're down. They're down. We haven't lost. What's going on here? Uh, UCLA played like they had nothing to lose, and Gonzaga played like they actually felt like they had the pressure on them. And they did, and it showed. And some people were saying it's a choke job. Some people aren't. I'm not saying it's a choke job. I'm just saying you played a team that could match you inside. And Baylor, to beat Baylor, they you can't let them make shots. Dude, and, here's and the thing about that did. Baylor, that title game. Who had two fouls in like the first four minutes? Suggs. Oh, Suggs. Oh, Suggs did that, yeah. He spent most of the first half on the bench. Baylor's probably got the best backcourt in the nation. You they can't do. have him on the bench. It's argue- they shoot the three at a better clip than anybody, yep. too. You know, so, I mean, they were they were, they were, were just outmatched. It, it, was, it, was a, it was a woodshed. I will say this. Does it not make it that much more impressive, 1976 Indiana Hoosiers, is, Bobby Is Knight. it ever going to happen? You know, we've had it happen twice in the last, what, five, six years. Kentucky went to the Final Four undefeated with what Cal does with all those NBA players. This year with the Gonzaga and the COVID season, and they're scoring 90 a game. Nobody can do it. It's like when we had Bob Picozzi on the other day or a couple weeks ago. I feel like it just feels like the other day, right? Bob Picozzi said that when you watch the men's tournament, like the conference tournaments, all that stuff don't even matter anymore. There's no gap between these teams. Everybody's yep. got a stud. Everybody's got a star. And the, their floor players, their low players, are about the same on all these teams now. It's just some have a little bit better elite players. So what's happening is you've seen that window closed, and because of that, I don't think you're ever going to see that undefeated run because there's too much parity in college basketball now. 
And I think that's we've had this discussion before about college football where the big teams are only getting better with way no, it's with the way it's built. Yeah. It's a complete opposite in college basketball. And I love it because uh whether you're in the Big Twelve, the WAC, the Mountain w- West WCC. Yeah. You can put together a team that runs to the final four. Hey, I'm I'm just going to wrap up with this. Uh Mr. Brown, can you name at least one other school in the WCC? No. Oh, there you go. I, I know you're going without St. Mary's, you can't say St. Mary's. Who are you going to say? I was going to say BYU. BYU is not – are they? I thought they were independent. Are they – I don't know. No, no, no. In football they are. I thought they were only independent in football. Uh, I could be wrong there. Either way, we don't know anything about the WCC. St. Mary's was my go-to. I hate to interrupt, guys, but did y'all not see what just happened? They're banging trash cans again in Houston. They're playing, they're playing Altuve's first home run of the year. Altuve hits a home run off of a – consequential trash can that's right that's that's how it works i did love the fact the angels are throwing trash cans on the field that was great that was fantastic yeah. well actually let's just go ahead and jump into baseball it all kind of goes full circle so let's start the the season started i know i have way too much optimism as a reds fan i know it's early it's not going to happen biggie you reminded me how your mariners started 13 and 2 and it fell apart yeah. can, but, can i at least elaborate the fact that i got to see your reds up yes, close that's person? what i want to talk about i was supposed to go to open Opening day last year. You didn't get to go. You didn't go to opening day, but you went to game two. Yeah, it was Saturday. Game three. Game three. Game three. And that that wasn't just any game. There was a lot of excitement in that game. No, that game had everything. So I'm a Braves fan. I go uh, with a co-worker that's a huge Reds fan. They're playing the cards. Hated rivals. Never been to the Reds Hall of Fame. If you haven't been there, check it out. 12 bucks to get in. Three or four floors. Great, 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 great. We had friends of the show, Tom Browning, Brett Boone. I'm taking pictures of their stuff. I'm sending it to them on Messenger, and they're like, oh, that's sweet. Brett Boone's like, I wonder where I left that golden glove. Yes. So it just it's just cool. But then the game, five home runs. Saw Arenado's first home run with the Cardinals. Yep. And then, of course, everyone knows by now, the Castellanos standing over top of the guy saying, Flexing on. let's F and go. go. And then benches cleared twice. Uh, you know, it was a good time. And we're saying that uh, there should have been no suspensions from that. Correct. I mean, he didn't even push anybody, so Castellano shouldn't even be suspended. He came back with a really nice piece from the man cave from there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got we got a big red machine uh, little metal 16 sign by there. 12. I, I was glad I found it because I didn't want to just narrow it down to one big red machine member, and I didn't know who I wanted to do, Rose or Bench or whoever, but it has all up. Mm. Even Sparky. Even Sparky. Not being a fan of either team, what was there, five home runs hit, yep. bench clearing, you can't really ask for much more. Yeah, if you're going to make a trip to a ball game, you, you don't want uh, – like, if it's a no-hitter, that's fine. I enjoy that, 65 too. and sunny, slight breeze. But you don't want, like, a two-to-one, four-hit, three-hit game. You, you know, what's something that's kind of exciting. I mean, but anyways, about your Reds, man. I mean, you should be optimistic. It's early, but the fact is you didn't score any runs in the playoffs last year. And, We're making up for it now and, when uh, it doesn't count. And you took that personally. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I saw that meme. Thank you, Jordan. But uh, either way, uh, I, I'm excited. Baseball's here. We got our fantasy a league like in full kilt, and it's just it's great. You know, I, we're enjoying all that stuff. But any big takeaways in the early season so far? I mean, we know Tatis is hurt. We don't know how long that's going to be, but it just seems like everybody's still kind of finding their rhythm here so far. Nothing crazy. I know you're a little miffed about Soroka still out. But, yeah, uh, I mean they shut him down for two weeks, but I mean we the Braves started zero four. We a two and four now, but obviously right now the pitchers are still getting their uh, beneath feet beneath them, yeah, or whatever, because yeah, yeah. they're they're only going by five six innings. So I mean they got to build their way up still a little bit more. Usually the first start, um, it's not like legit. So. No, they're, they're- 
we're watching the Astros and A's. Are the A's still winless? Uh, won one game. I they won that. one game. And uh, Jose Altuve apparently is the third best Astro ever when it comes to uh, home batting average. Well, we wonder why. Yeah, can't imagine why. Richard Hidalgo didn't have trash cans. <laughs> no, quality, quality player yeah, there. That's right. All right, so other uh, baseball news. Now, we, we do our best to steer clear of the world of politics, but when politics comes to our door and they have to get in the world of sports, it's a little irritating. Now, uh, that being said, when an athlete wants to make a commenta- uh, commentary piece on something that happens, like that's fine. That's the right to do that. Like I'm not going to judge you for having an opinion. Uh, the But when you're impacting what's happening on the field, that's a different thing. So Atlanta has just lost the All-Star game. And, Mr. Brown, for uh, our audience out there, you had every intention on going to the All-Star game uh, in Atlanta. And because of some very misguided voices, I think, and I'm not trying to make it political about whether you agree or disagree, but the hypocrisy here is incredible because if you disagree with what happened in Georgia, you might as well just pull baseball out of about 35 other states. So – what type of toll is this taken for Braves fans, and and how is the city of Atlanta dealing with this? It's terrible, and I made a post on social media about it, and it was strictly about being a fan and aggravated about baseball's decision. And I wouldn't try to make it political, because like you said, I've been eyeing the, this All-Star game for three or four years. As soon as I heard it was going to be in Atlanta, i never been to All-Star game. I wanted to go watch that. I wanted to take the family to Home Run Derby and take in the whole event. And a couple things. So – after coming off a COVID season with no fans. No fans. And by the All-Star game, Atlanta had every intention of being full capacity for this right. All-Star yep. game. I've heard rumors, I think you were spitting it out, by $150 million in revenue lost. You know how any team would love to have that revenue after the money that was lost last year? Just last year alone? Yeah. And then just the locality. Right. Like the, the local bars and restaurants and vendors. All the local businesses – I mean, it's crushed them. Like, Atlanta needed this. They look at it kind of like uh, NBA All-Star Weekend where you right. plan years ahead or uh, Super Bowl week is is different because it's a whole week. But those local businesses plan on this for a time out to, to make money. Now, did you see the Braves did put out an official statement about this? I've seen the statement. I, mean, I they, read the whole thing. They, but they – they were against it. Like the team, organizationally speaking, they they were like, "This is bullcrap. This is something we have no control over." And now you're pun- and that's that's where a lot of those numbers I was citing came from. Is what they were citing is the lost revenue. Why are you Why are you punishing the Braves, the city, the local business owners over p- politics that are done by Georgia politicians? Whether you agree or don't agree, don't punish. The organization. And, and here's the thing. Do you, think, do you really think that lawmakers are going to turn around and say that now that they pulled the all-star game? No, everybody doubles down at this point because they don't want to play identity politics. And that's what this has turned into. And it's horseshit. The other thing about it, just from pure baseball perspective, me and you had this conversation. We all had it earlier. Would this not have been the perfect season to have it? In Atlanta. Yeah. I Who's mean, one of the greatest ambassadors in the history of the game? We just lost Hank Aaron this year. He is the greatest minority player to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that's not the perfect scenario to bring people together of all walks of life? I mean, yeah. let's just screw this up, Royal MLB. <laughs> I mean, you had a chance to do something special here, and Manfred's trying to say, Goodell, I'm going to be better than you. Yeah, they they bowed down to pressure of a signature of 45 baseball players. 45. 
that that just makes no sense to me whatsoever. And the the thing is, it doesn't change an outcome anywhere. It really doesn't. And, and I but think here, that, here's the thing: like you just said, it doesn't change an outcome. Moving this game changes nothing that happened in Georgia from this year to next year to the next presidential election. Right. It makes no effect on it. And you took it from Atlanta, Georgia. Where did you put it? What are the demographics? It's such a bad move. It's just mind-boggling. What are the demographics? Uh, white people. They they went and gave it to Denver, where it's seventy-one percent of a, a white population, where Atlanta's majority African American. And like I, again, the hypocrisy here is insane. Like, who who are you trying to hurt here? Because I don't think you're doing a good job. But I, I'm just gonna say this, and I'm done talking about it. When you start going to sporting uh you know organizations or even corporations in general and you're trying to get them to be involved in politics you're asking for trouble because major league baseball their goal is to make money nothing else coca-cola delta airlines or whoever it is down there all they care about is making money and and they're going to do whatever they can to make money if you think they're on your side for whatever you think this case is you're full of crap because they're going to do whatever they think is going to be best for business and nothing else you want to know i think the best thing is to come from this as, as a fan of uh, keeping the game in Atlanta to start with major league baseball is the only one of the four major pro sports in America that has antitrust protection from the federal government. Uh, they may not anymore. They're going to lose that and they should. Yeah. I mean, I, you're, you're, you reap what you sow. And, yep. and like, you know what? I know there's people out there that are really supportive of this and they, th- and I just ask you, like, if you're that supportive of it, like you need to show up on these other states' doorsteps and make some some calls there too, because Georgia is not the 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 dark cloud hanging over the country right now. It really isn't. And, and I'm not again trying to make this a political speech here or anything, but the hypocrisy is just insane for me. And you know, I, I think what'd you say, Mr. Brown? Let's just put it in Cuba. Why don't we just do that? You know, everybody'll be happy. I mean, it's just it's just maddening because. We just want to watch sports and enjoy it and let it be our escape. Whether that game took place in Atlanta or not, or if it's in Denver, like they didn't cancel the game. They're still having it just somewhere else. Well, that's the thing too. put it in Milwaukee. Like we were talking earlier about Hank and one of the great ambassadors of the game. If you could have done something to where that the all-star game was still focused around who he was as a person and a player, you you still win. Like you, how you lose, why? but you don't lose badly. How and why did they end up with Denver? I, I haven't seen that. Because you know, the longstanding history and tradition of the Rockies. I, I mean, they are the elite of franchises. But I mean, I, who don't want to see Dante Bichette, Andres Galarraga, <laughs> and uh, Ellis Burks coming out the tunnel to wave at the crowd? Ellis Burks. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, obviously, not, they know what they're doing. So they, I, I, they moved it to Colorado so everyone in the home run hitting contest can be Josh Hamilton from the Yankees. Oh, stadium. is that what it is? Yeah. They just want everyone to get that home run Yeah, because uh, weed's not on the drug test anymore. Yep. So everybody can just be high as hell hitting home. Well, they're going to be bombed either way. I don't now, know if they're going to hit any. Man. Uh, now, now, can we just keep doing protests? Can the Braves protest uh, their all-star appearances? Can, like, Freddie Freeman and Acuna and those guys just not show up? Will that happen? Yeah, I doubt it. But. <laughs> no, it's not happening. Uh, I, I hate 2021. I hate the world we're in. I hate that this is what we have to talk about. Get woke and go broke. 
that's that's it i guess ah that's so disheartening uh so the the other thing in georgia not to tie this directly together but are they pulling the masters out this weekend hell no we know better now well, well, why why would you leave the masters there where's the pressure and the calls to pull the uh, masters from augusta the pressure and the calls have been there for many years on different subjects i can remember <laughs> in the early 2000s my sister lived in augusta and they wanted to protest against a couple different things the city allowed them to protest they put them on the city lines about oh you know mile and a half <laughs> and then 10 miles from there from augusta like augusta the masters it's the biggest tournament in golf it is every single every single year and it's not like the u.s open the british open where they move different courses it's always the same course augusta is the masters it will never change it will never move i don't care what pressure you put on it yeah I, I, so it, it's there it, it's so it started today. We had a, a couple of highlights, right? So what, what happened? Oh, uh, ace on the 16th by old Fleetwood Mac, or Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood Mac. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Question for you. Did you see any of it? Catch uh, any highlights? I, very few highlights. DeChambeau drive the first hole. They had a line whether or not he could drive it. It was like 414 yards. So that being said, DeChambeau is not even going to finish in the top five or the top ten. He took last – so it was weird. Last year, the Masters are in November because it is that tournament, like we just said, that has right. to be played. And he tried to beat the course with his power. Had some ups and downs. They're coming into to the there's, – there's a, there's a key element here that, that nobody talks about. And what it is, all golf courses, when you go play the U.S. Open, the British Open, whatever, you can get reads on the greens. Like, they'll give you books. They'll give you diagrams. They'll tell you the flow of the, of the, the, the lay of it and all that stuff. They don't do that at Augusta. You're not allowed to get that. That is considered illegal there. So when you can't putt and all you can do is do Happy Gilmore, guess what? It ain't, it ain't yeah. going to work. And that's what happens. That's why you see guys that, that have played the course a lot. They typically perform pretty well because they kind of get used to it and they, they figure it out. But uh, he he is not able to do so. And and I'm telling you, his short game is going to kill him just like he did last time. It will. Uh, when it comes down – to the Masters, three guys I really like. Spieth, Kepka coming off the uh, knee surgery. We'll see how he does. Patrick Reed plays that course really well. Yeah. Who, Isn't I, it crazy how quickly we don't even say Rory's name anymore? I know. Uh, is there a – who's the who's the betting favorite, you know? Is it is it Kepka? It was – well, coming off knee surgery, Kepka or Spieth maybe. Maybe Spieth. Yeah. I don't know. But, I, you know, if you're betting on golf, you're having a good time. Justin Rose is seven under through the first round. He was nine under in his last 11 holes. I will say that I was listening to the Dan Patrick show this week, and they were really high on Justin Rose in this tournament. So they called that one. I'll I'll give them props there. DP and those guys are probably the best at who is the best golfer who's going to win. Of all the shows I listen to. They're probably it. They're definitely better than we are. Yeah. No, they're (laughs) they're good. They're tight. Uh, my, My biggest, like, thought or whatever. So... Have we moved past with Tiger not being in it this year? Phil Mickelson passed his prime. Like, are we to the point now where it's we don't even talk about Rory? It's Justin Spieth. If we move to the next era, I, I think so. It happens quick. You know, it is what it is, and it's going to be like until the next group comes along. But it, it's crazy how much the game has changed with how these guys approach it. But yeah, I think you're on the next generation. Uh, the uh, one thing I, I know we got to get to our interview here. I, I wanted to ask you: Did you see what happened with the Tiger Woods thing uh, with the crash report? They they released the <laughs> fine speeding. Yeah, did you see how fast he was going? No, he's going like eighty in What's a. What's the speed limit? Forty. Oh, okay. Uh, not impaired or anything like that. He was just driving like a bat out of hell. 
The last I had heard was uh, they found they had the findings, but they couldn't release it without his consent. And then I never wanted to know what it was. They had to wait like two weeks or some stupid thing. I didn't want to know how fast he was going until I was told I couldn't know how fast he was going. He's like, all right, that means something's amiss here. Tell us the details. So anyway, uh, no no drugs or alcohol or anything like that. Just he was driving really stupid. Fair enough. He was in a hurry. And you know what? Hey, maybe it's a good commercial for Buick. It saved his life. If you're going that fast and you roll the car over, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a bad thing, I guess. But, uh, either way, we wish a speedy recovery to Mr. Woods and hopefully he, uh, does not do that ever, ever again, whether he's golfing or not. My God, you ask him for trouble, man. You can't do that. Anyway, let's get to our interview. You want to hear about the, uh, nutty buddy, Mr. Brown? Absolutely. I mean, Comes in all shapes and sizes, I've heard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, enjoy. This is our interview with former Major League pitcher Mark Littell. Take one. You got it. Here we go, Ramrod. Yeah, let's go. Ha! Ho! Yeah! All the way! And it works! Yes, sir, folks, the Nutty Buddy, it really works. It's mean, it's tough, and it's right there for you every time. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a former Major League Baseball player. We love talking to former Major League Baseball players. This is one of many, but, you know, he, he's got the pitching pedigree. You know, he's been in the, the bullpen. He's He's been a closer. We know something about a Nutty Buddy. I, you know, if you don't know what that is, we'll talk about that, too. And he's an author, a penmanship of sorts. We're going to get into all that stuff. But more than anything, we're just going to talk baseball with a guy who likes to talk baseball. So joining us now is Mark Littell. Mark, how's it going, brother? Well, it's not too bad. You guys are out there. I know I was talking about ridge running a little bit out there in West Virginia. <laughs> I'm out here in North North Dakota and freezing my ass off. But, you know, uh I guess they're starting some kind of baseball out here, and who knows? Uh, All right, so I, I got to stop you right there because our, our co-host, who's not on the call with us right now, is is from North Dakota, from the Bismarck oh. Mandan area. So where are you at, North Dakota? I'm out in Dickinson. I'm on the western edge out here where it drops. He's in Dickinson. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm. So what, 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 uh, what crazy decision made you go to North Dakota? My wife likes stomping around in the oil fields. Okay. And so it's so cold out here, it can't snow. You know, so you know, it's pretty bad. You know, we just got 70 mile an hour winds for a whole day the other day, and it blew about half the damn dog apart. <laughs> <laughs> is is it still wintertime technically up there? What's the weather like right now? No, we, we got 65 degrees a day. It's it's clear sky. They need rain like crazy up here. They got a bunch of farmers, ranchers, oil people, you know, and you know, guys that got testicles. So it's 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 a good joint. <laughs> <laughs> we all we always call our buddy Biggie, but we always refer to him as Canadian Biggie is kind of an insult as uh, being from North Dakota. Is that insulting <laughs> if we refer to you as Canadian? Uh, I ain't, I ain't Canadian. I'm a redneck out of Southeast Missouri. I mean, I grew up down where barbecue was, right out of Memphis, Tennessee. And then we had catfish even. We knew how to eat with hush puppies and, and raw onion. So uh, I, 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 we don't need to talk too much about food. I'm that that a little, sounds good. I'm man. getting a little hungry yeah. right now just talking about food. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we go to Lake Erie every year, man, and we fi- uh, fry up the walleye and the perch sandwiches, man. Oh, it's just, I love fried fish. Hell yeah. Cannot beat it. Cannot right, so, beat it. 
let, let's jump right into your, your career a little bit. So when did you, when did you come up to the majors? I know you started pretty young. You were like about 20 years old, right? Yeah. You know, I signed in 71 out of Gideon high school, about a thousand people in my town. And, and they found me out there throwing, hitting a barn and shit like that. And <laughs> went to, I went up to Billings, Montana, and that's where George Brett and I met. And George was a surf boy out there on El Segundo. And then I was a redneck with a, with a plow. And I, we both parked him at the door and just, we got along real well because we thought quite a bit alike. And, you know, it didn't matter. We liked playing baseball and killing people. It didn't matter which order. <laughs> and, you know, all those guys were college boys on that team. And there was only three high school guys. And the college boys always gave a shit all the time. And so the only guys who made it were the high school boys, to tell you the truth. And, uh, <clears throat> but it was, uh, we had those USC and University of Special Children and shit and all those other guys out of the, you know, that uh, West Coast out there. I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> let, let me ask you this. So you're from Missouri, but you started your career with the Royals. Was that was that your team growing up, or were you a Cardinals fan? You oh, ended up playing for both, I never, right? I didn't even know who the damn Royals were. I mean, I said, shit, who the Royals? I mean, they drafted me, but, I mean, I grew up with the Cardinals because I grew up south, and I'm the only guy born in the state of Missouri that uh, has played for both teams and not outside the state. I don't, I don't know if that means anything, but anyway – and then uh, I played for the Cardinals, and, you know, I was playing on winning teams in, with the Royals and the Cardinals. You know, I got an 82 World Series ring. I didn't play in the in the series. My arm was just, like, broke. <laughs> so uh, Kansas City was two playoffs over there, though, the first two. I did come up when I was 20. I was the youngest player at the time. And uh, I talk about that in the book. I mean, I wasn't even supposed to be there. They didn't even know who I was because I just came right out of the woodwork. <laughs> and uh, so they thought I was the golden boy, and then they found out they were wrong. So shit. So, <laughs> uh, you know, hey, baseball know. is about failing 70% of the time, so that's not a big deal. You know? Yeah, well, I did that. I did that. <laughs> well, let, let me ask. You're being modest. I, we looked at your numbers, man. For yeah. nine years, you did well. Your arm just didn't agree with you, and that happened. Yeah, you know? so, so you, you ended yeah. up uh, having some some elbow issues, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you can kind of tell when, you know, you have arm problems on my charts anyway. But, you know, I had a couple, three good years right there. And uh, I here, there, here's something that's funny. <clears throat> I uh, In my first book, I have uh, a chapter. The last chapter is called Force, Force Gump Statistics. But I, I did not know <laughs> this until like six years ago. I, 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 lead, I have a cardinal record for strikeouts by reliever. But the most strikeouts by any reliever in any one single season. And I said, you got to be shitting me. And, you know, it's and, and it's still today? Still and today? It's, still, it's going to hold on, you know, because the way they're pitching nowadays. Right, right, right. I mean, we're, breeding, we're breeding a bunch of wusses now. How, ma how many strikeouts is it? I think it's 120, but they knocked off 10 because I started the first two games. I mean, so they, they, they couldn't count, you know. So, <laughs> you know, they got rid of the manager after that, so that was fine by me. <laughs> so, you know, so uh, was you with Whitey at all or did you miss him? Yeah, no, I was with him in Kansas City and St. Louis. Okay. You know, we used to hunt and fish and do all kinds of shit, you know. And uh, you know, he was an OBS type of guy, and you know, uh he's he's great, he's a great on the field. 
you know, he's three to four innings up on the other other manager, and he'll tell you so. You know, we were <laughs> I mean, we've been on the West Coast, and he said he never had a meeting, but I remember one on the West Coast. He walked in there and he said, he if he talked over two minutes, something was wrong. And he, he said, Hey guys, I hope you guys have a hell of a series here, but I want to let you know I'm about I'm about I'm I'm three I'm already three innings up on this guy. And if we don't kick his ass, something's really wrong. You know, so, so anyway, so that was about the way Whitey went. So you did a little bit of starting and playing out of the pen. What was your preference? It looked like you might have been more of a bullpen guy over the the, the course of the career, but did you well, have a preference? Well, my third my third pitch, I don't think it really developed, and I was a closer, so where I had a lot of success. And you know, to be a closer, you got to have about a three to five IQ. And you know you go out there and you go, <laughs> and you go uh, I throw hard, sit down, I win, I drink beer, we play tomorrow, I might get in there and beat you again, <laughs> you know, stuff like short, that. You know, short memory, short memory oh, yeah. for sure. I didn't give a shit, so just go out there and get outs. You know, people, because that ball game's going to be over in about three and a half minutes. If you're out there five minutes, somebody should be scoring on you. So mm. you know, short, sweet, get the hell off the mound. You spend too much time on the mound, you can forget it. So let, let me let me ask this. Just going back over your career, so you, you played for a number of years. You know, we 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 got something we got to ask you about in a second. And I'm going to apologize in advance. But I'm going to hold that. All that bullshit, Chambliss. You know, I, whoever these jackasses are that edit Wikipedia, you know, they make sure that's like in the first paragraph or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Now, is that the same season that you got the record for the strikeouts? No. Uh, although I got pitcher of the year that year, I only gave up one home run the whole year, and then I gave up that one to Shambles. Yeah, that's what we were we were looking at earlier. So when you were saying that you had the record, I was thinking it might have kind of ran uh, parallel that season. But not, that not record so was with the Cardinals and then the Royals. You know, yeah, it was the Royals. Uh, at the time I was twenty three years old and uh, still young, you know, young and dumb. So kind of interesting. <laughs> is the dog trying to break in? What's happening there? Dog's not trying to break in the house. No, I'm, my wife's hammering. She's getting ready to hammer me. Anyway, <laughs> I just threw a fork at her. <laughs> I, I saw a projectile. I wasn't sure what it was, but you know, I, I tell you, you got to do what you got to do. This is a professional interview that we got to make sure we get done, right? Oh hell yeah! Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I don't want to talk about the low light. We're not going to go there anymore. We're not going to talk in in detail about how you you might have had a bad game in the ALCS or anything like that. That's not important. I want to hear about – Let me tell you one about the National League. I, my, my bad time over there was with uh, Pete Rose got the National League breaking hit off me. And uh, Stan Musial held it, you know, Cardinal. We're playing in Philadelphia, and Stan's there just in case he does. Well, I, I throw a fastball in the inside corner. He breaks his bat, gets a hit. They hold the game up for 10 minutes. Gene Tennis, who has three World Series rings already, comes out, lifts up his mask and says, way to go, big boy. You're in the fucking record books again. So, <laughs> here you go. We didn't, we didn't realize we were talking to so much history tonight. That this is, this is a pleasant surprise. Well, I got you one more here. I'm the only guy in Major League Baseball that has two hits and three RBIs. I have more RBIs than I do hits. How about that? Hey, hey, that hey, we always respect those National League pitchers because you never know when something like that might just be true. Yeah, but the other thing was Lou Brock. I met him when I was fourteen. No, 
I was, yeah, four, no, I was 11 and 14 years later, I get traded over there and Lou's going for his 3000th hit. Well, he gets two nine 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 at first at bat leading off. We're playing the Cubs of all things in St. Louis. And he comes up in the fourth inning and gets number two off of uh, Dennis Lamp's leg, uh, ankle. And uh, so they, they stopped the game for 10 minutes again. It's a full stadium, and I end up getting in the game uh, in the eighth and the ninth. We're tied 2-2, two to two, and I pick up the win in the tenth. So that's pretty cool. I thought that okay. was cool, too. Yeah, that worked. You got the you got the win in the game that Lou Brock got three thousand. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know, and the fact that uh, I had met him when he came over to the Cardinals that year, you know, on an elevator in the old ballpark, which was uh, uh, it was it was the old ballpark before we 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 went over to to Bush too. Said uh, I don't know, it's kind of interesting, you know. Of course, they've got so much history with the Cardinals. You know, it's like Yankees, Cincinnati, oh yeah, uh, Dodgers, there's Boston. There's a lot of history in those old, you know, Cleveland's got a lot of history. I knocked no lady out. I mean, an older lady, say, <laughs> old, an older lady out in Cleveland one night and told her with, in a wedge. With a fork? Out, with, huh? With a fork? No, with a ball. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a scud missile moving around up there in the stands. Uh. They had sixty thousand people there, and I couldn't miss oh, it. Wow. I don't know how in the hell I got it out of the out of the bullpen, but in some way. And then why do you? We were caddy corner across from the dugout, you know. And Whitey called over, and I was I was warming up in the sixth, and he said, "What the hell's going on down there?" And Doug Bird said, "I think Country just drilled somebody up in the stands." He said, "Man, you got a bunch of people wanting to kill you, somebody over there." <laughs> he said, "They're throwing all kinds of crap." There's probably 20,000 people wanted to come across that rail. And, you know, but the thing about it was they were 20 feet above. And how I got that thing out of there, I don't know. But it, it did slip. Whitey said to me, he says, well, let me tell you something. He said, safest place for you countries right in the middle of the field pitching. And I said, <laughs> and he said, when I hit that third baseline, you think you can jump that 40-foot cyclone fence right there? I said, heck, yeah. So he said, don't go run, don't go through the, don't go to the gate because they'll pelt you. Because our bullpen was already about eight inches full of all kinds of shit. And so I, when he hit that third baseline, I jumped it and ran like, like crazy. And, you know, the whole side of the stadium was booing me when I come in and, you know, they finally figured out, you know, they started you know, yelling down to the left, you know, there's an asshole out on the mound. So <laughs> anyway, that's how it happened. Oh, gosh. Uh, there's, more to, there's more to it. That's in the first book, too. That's on the eighth day God made baseball. <laughs> all, right, all right, cheap cheap plug here. Let's just go over the books here. So what's the first okay. book's name? <clears throat> on the eighth day God made baseball. Okay. And what's the second book? Country Boy, Conveniently Wild. And then okay. the third the third book's called What's Up Ramrod with a question mark. Because I called everybody <laughs> Ramrod. I was going to ask, like, what is the significance uh, of that? I just want to make sure I'm not Because he don't know your damn name. <laughs> so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that, work, that works. I might, I might start using that I, now. I think so. That, that, just, that might have just rubbed off on me. I say, hey, Ramrod, come here. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, I dropped a Ramrod on a general manager one day even. 
Well, you you call if you're in a crowd of people and you call one guy you don't know the name Ramrod, everybody's probably turning their head to see who the hell you're talking to because they want to know who's this Ramrod guy. Well, see, Ramrod was Rowdy Yates in Rawhide. He was second in charge. So if I call them Ramrod, they're second in charge. I'm the I'm the trail boss. I'm Mr. Favor. There you go. <laughs> So that's how it goes. <laughs> I, I saw one more fun fact. I guess you, when you went from uh, the Royals to St. Louis, you was traded for the man Hungarian. Is that correct? Yeah. Al, Al Herbosky, I believe. Actually, he was traded for me. Okay. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Get it right, Mr. Brown. Get there you right. go. And Buck Martinez or something. I think he was. Yeah. In Buck Martinez was part of that deal too, right? Yep. Yep. Buck. Good, 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 good catcher. Very good. Yeah. Good announcer too. He's with, uh, Toronto, I believe, right now. Yeah, he's still with Toronto, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's where a lot of people probably know him more familiar is just because he called games for years with ESPN, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Right, um, right. So but, do you watch any baseball today? Or are you kind of – you still in tune with the game or are you just kind of don't throwing forks in North Dakota minding your business? Well, you know, the writing and Nutty Buddy keeps me a little bit hopping. And, uh, you know, we're breeding so many wusses today. I don't want to watch them play too much, but I, I guess I have to once in a while. And uh, I don't know, some of these new rules and things, I'm not I'm not close-minded about any of that at all, but I sure did not like the fact that they did the thing over there in Atlanta at all. Mm. <clears throat> you know, yeah. uh, that was a big no-no to me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was – that's amazing. That cost those people – and that state, a lot of money. $150 million projected revenue they lost. It was amazing. Whatever they're, whatever it was, it's too much. I mean, it's just, no, now they're going to go out and smoke dope, you know? You're right. You're right. <laughs> Maha, right? I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's a travesty. So outside of uh, baseball deciding to get political for no apparent reason here lately, is there anything, just uh, with today's game, is there anything specific that you do like about today's game? And what do you hate the most as far as the way the game's played now? Well, the, 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 hate, the hate the most is probably that rule at second where they, you know, but you, you have pitchers that can't go very far. Right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, no wonder they have 14 pitchers on a list and they had so many down in the minors ready to come up. And, uh, you know, I guess they need them. But, you know, like the one I was reading about a closer today, I can't remember from where, but they said, well, the problem with the was he pitched the second Danny Road and he never done that before. He's never done that before. <laughs> Shit. I, I did four one time and a whole bunch of threes, you know. And, you know, it's just amazing, you know, to what you're putting out there on those lines. And uh, you know, there's just, there's some good ball players. Man, there are some really good ball players. Don't get me wrong, one bit. I mean, there's some great athletes out there. But, you know, to pull up lame, and I don't like the fact that they want, you know, uh, to, uh, uh, you know, they, they want to have their own say, you know, and and, and get up and, and grandstand a little bit. You know, they're, 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 they're doing movie star status. You know, they want to, the word is platform, I meant to say. They want a platform, right. but they don't need a platform. Go out and get, go out and get an out, go out and get hits. 15 years from now, they might remember you. Then you can run for office, but don't try to, <laughs> you know, don't try to yeah. do it now. Just go out and play baseball. I mean, I it's, yeah, it's pretty simple uh, about the likes. I'm glad we we're in. I'm glad we're into the ballparks, but we just, you know, you know, we barked ourselves 
we, we squirrel barked ourselves right there when they brought that thing out of Atlanta into Denver. And uh, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to keep getting real positive sometimes, you know? Uh, I, I, mean, I think sometimes out. that's the world in general, not just baseball. I'm with you. Right. It is. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. It's a tough one. One of my funny things, and I still laugh about it now, is how did we get this magical number that once a starter gets 100 pitches, it's just, oh, my God, he's in past 100 pitches. You know, we got to pull him. And it's like you got a few guys like Max Scherzer who looks at you with his blue eye and his brown eye, and he's like, don't take me out of this damn game. I'm rolling. But no managers do that anymore. Well, it's not so much manager. It's analytics. It's trainers. Right. It's doctors. Yeah. It's it's a whole slew. Everything's and, you know, changed. Yeah, everything's changed. And you know, <clears throat> you know, when they're not when they're not geared to throw, you know, at the minor leagues level, you, you uh, gotta watch a pitcher when he breaks down. You know, if he breaks down to 75 pitches, I mean, hey, he goes. You know, if he breaks down at 60 or 100, 150, 12 or whatever, you know, if he's not if he's not laboring, you can keep him in there. But you know, uh, I think there's a thing called, I call it tensile strength. I mean, I've coached for 18 years professionally. But, um, I haven't got all the answers, and nobody does. But I mean, my grip is 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 strong from working on a farm. But these ki- the kids nowadays they don't do that. They work Xbox. The strongest part of them is the thumbs. Yeah, you know, right. don't let them come at you with the thumbs. They'll kill you. <laughs> if I'm to the eye. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm out here. You know, I, so. Hey, so, so talk about your, your coaching experience here a little bit because uh, it, it sounds like it's a little atypical, not, not that you've just been in like the majors or minors. You've been a little bit everywhere. So wh- where has your coaching career kind of taken you? Well, <clears throat> I was out for just a little bit and I came back in and uh, I started with San Diego. And, uh, of course, I was in A-ball for a l- quite a bit, actually. And then uh, I went to AAA. But uh, I was with Boach one year. We, we won the Cal League. And then uh, they, <laughs> you have new regimes come in and new ownership, and and I was I was good, I was fine, but they let me go, and they wanted to fly me out to San Diego to explain it why they let me go. <laughs> I said, you don't have to do that. I said, just give me a damn list and speak highly of me, you know, yeah. of the farm directors, so of the twenty nine others. So anyway, I hooked up pretty quick with Milwaukee, and uh, <clears throat> you know that was good and. I had Fred Stanley over there at the time. Fred Stanley's an old name. He's still, I think, with San Francisco. And then uh, I went to the Dodgers and the Royals. And, you know, I got to see four different organizations and how they operate. And, you know, I was a I was a, uh, a coordinator, pitching coordinator. And I was in AAA, AA, A-ball. I did everything except big league. And uh, I'd interviewed for big league jobs. But – um, I'd seen some good stuff, you know, and uh, it, it was always fun to try to get those kids, to, you know, out of your hair and moving forward. That's what you want is uh, to have right. that good experience. And, you know, you got to lay the law at times and then you have some fun. And when I stop yeah. pressing, that means I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you got any uh, young kids you had in there that you, you saw promising that turned out to, to be somebody? I had, I had uh, Todd. I had uh, Tim Morrell. Uh, that was okay. Todd's brother. And you know, you're with these guys. Uh, Luke, 
these some of these guys you'll never know. Luke Prokopek. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of pitchers. Uh, there's there's one a left-handed pitcher, uh, Craig Breslow, that was with Boston. <clears throat> he's a little left-handed pitcher. He's from Yale, and <laughs> I like that's not common. I know, yeah. And there, there was two Yale guys on this team. And when I went out to the mound with both of them, you know, they had degrees I couldn't pronounce. I couldn't spell for them. <laughs> you know, and I'd go, I'd go like this. I'd put my hands together and I go, and then I open it up like a book. I say, "You are in trouble." <laughs> so, but you no, know, they start laughing, you know, and you know, I break the ice and. You know, how, how the hell are you going to get this guy out? And they, they thought we were going to, you were going to tell us that. And I said, I ain't throwing the ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway. All right. What, what about internationally? So I know you spent some time overseas. So what all were you doing there? No, I was, uh, I was working for the Australian Baseball Federation. Uh, and I was coaching resident for two years. <clears throat> they liked me. So they brought me back second year. I didn't spoil anybody. And so uh, I didn't turn the country red or anything, <laughs> uh, but you know, that was a fun experience. I was in Perth for two years and I was in Brisbane for two years and uh, got to see a lot of the country, most of the country, yeah. except maybe the Northern part, you know, up there where the crocodiles eat you. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, very interesting. There's only 24, almost 25 million people there. Now there was 20 million there when I was there, and you know, a lot of people don't understand that there's like there's 37 million in Canada, yet there's 39 million in California. <laughs> so, yeah, in Australia, like they're all on the coast and nowhere else, right? It's just right exactly. down there, yeah, yeah. the edges. And you know, but the fun thing about Australia, I have some sto- really good stories in there, some fun, a lot of fun stuff. I, I, the, the Aborigines took me hunting over there, and oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm a redneck, and so it was at nighttime, and so uh. <clears throat> they were barefooted and I pulled my stuff off and I was barefooted and naked like them. So, <laughs> Wait, yeah. all right, outside of being barefoot and naked, <laughs> well, what's the, uh, what, what are you hunting for and what are you hunting with? Well, they let me do all the shooting at night and we had, a, I had a Magnum 22 and I shot kangaroo. And so, you know, it was for the clan, they call them a clan. And, uh, then, I. They had a 243 in there, and there was a big old red brew out there, and they were talking about how far out he was. I said, well, give me that 243. I said, oh, you ain't going to make that shot. And so I leveled it up, and then we were spotlighting, see, because when you're with an Aborigine and I'm a white boy, you can do anything you want, you know? <laughs> I mean, if I'm hunting with that, with Australian white boys, I got to go through all these loops. But since I'm with an Aborigine, they really took care of me. And I, I had a blast with these guys. I'm telling you, I had a blast. It, they did it the second year, too, with me. But I I, uh, I dropped that rifle over the hood of that Suzuki. <laughs> Billy Coffin, he said, Mark, don't shoot until he, when he said stop, the thing started hopping. You know, it was big hops. <laughs> <laughs> and my rifle was moving up and down. And so I pulled the trigger and nailed him right in midair. And there's a great big old puff out there. And they looked at each other and they said, crocodile mark. <laughs> and they wow. said, you, you always shoot like that? And I said, sure. You know, for about a minute and a half, I had to string them. So anyway. <laughs> now we know where they got the idea for Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, they got now this really, is, really now we out know. here. We're talking to the original. Well, I was two years behind him. Uh, <laughs> no, we won't date it. Nobody yeah. has to know that. Edit part. that. No. I'll edit that out. <laughs> no, that's enough. 
Yeah, but every year I was every year I was over there, either one or two people, at least one or two, got whacked by a croc. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No thanks. That was nasty. Now, <laughs> was I gotta tell you, there. for whatever for whatever reason, Australia is like one of the places I'd never want to go to because for some reason the animals there scare me to death, and I'm not normally like that. But like everything they got over there will kill you. Like everything's yeah. poison. Yeah, they got they got the worst snakes in the world, and they got a they got a damn bird called cassowary that'll kick you to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't want to. Wow. No thanks. Yeah. That's like the stuff of nightmares. Yeah, well, that's what I write about in there because I fed this cassowary on the, over at uh, Steve Irwin's place. You know, Australia okay. Zoo. I was there when he before he got big. I I was there before he got big, and okay. I used to go there just to. It was sixty. It was sixty miles drive to the north which would be toward the equator. So it push you down under and I'd go out there and he'd be doing something. Hey, Yank, how you doing? He, he, one time he came up to me and he had a big old long snake in his hand. I knew what it was. He said, Yank, you know what this is? And I said, yeah, I know what that is. He said, what is that? And I said, that's the world's most deadly snake. He's that tiger it. snake, right? Well, I don't know. Some small scale snake. And he says, you know where it comes from? I said, yeah, it comes right from here. Queensland." He said, that's right. He said, you know what else? He said, this thing bites you. He says, you ain't got time to call a cat. <laughs> and I said, well, so you start, you start shaking and stuff. But I saw him feed Argo on film for the first time, I think, because there were never cars out there. It was maybe five or six. This place was flooded. I thought someone got eaten up by a crocodile because there's these television bands <laughs> out there. When I walked through this and Steve's going to be feeding Argo over at Billabong number three. Well, I always wondered what a billabong was because you, you had those shirts that said billabong on them. Yeah, I still have no idea what it is. So I'm now, you know, on the well, edge of my street here. here. Here it is. A billabong is a small pond. That's all it is. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, what's in a small pond? I said, can you go swimming in a billabong? They said, no, mate, you don't want to go swimming in a billabong because you get eat up by a croc. I said, oh, okay. So. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you for reinforcing my travel restrictions in Australia. <laughs> as a, yeah. Yeah. And uh, real quick, you spent some time uh, a little south of Florida too, right? Cuba. Yeah. I was there three different times and uh, that was a real interesting experience because. So what, uh, what were you there for? What, why Cuba? Baseball. Um. Uh, I was talking to the Australian, not, no, it's wrong. No, this was a different, this is a different baseball federation. There, there's about 60 countries that are involved in in baseball, like in a federation form. And uh, so that's, that's why it was there. And so they had everybody in when headphones, like, you know, you're in the UN or something. And so I get up to speak and, you know, you know, it's kind of interesting. You get, you know, it, it, it's interesting. You get up to speak and they, everybody's getting translated, you know, back and forth. And so you're asked a question and somebody, they ask it to me and send it back to me in English. And so uh, it was pretty cool. It's a uh, real communism. People ask me, they said, well, what's Walmart like over there? They ain't got a Walmart over there. I said, <laughs> they said, you kidding me? I said, they got, they're slaughtering a pig on the sidewalk and you're buying parts <laughs> off of it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, and, you know, they have their ration cards, you know, for beans and rice and a protein every week. And if you don't show up, you don't eat. It's pretty simple. It's not like going down Dairy Queen, you know, shit. No, they don't. They don't have those, right? No, no, they don't. (laughs) So, but quite an experience. 
right. Well, man, I'm sure we could talk all night. We got one more thing we definitely want to ask you about, and, and that's where we kind of first came across you was we found this uh, video. I don't know if you'd call it a viral video or whatever, but well, it, went viral. It, it was definitely a, a advertisement of sorts, uh, the, the nutty buddy. And, and I got to say, products are one thing but you know if you don't have like the shamwell guy or billy mays behind it it doesn't do any good and and this product had the right guy behind it so so how did you get involved with the nutty buddy tell everybody what it is and and, and how this all came to be well I, I invented the nutty buddy and you know uh it's anatomically correct i've won five awards and i'm an idiot and the thing about it is is that i've been in Washington, D.C., where they do all this testing and these little damn engineers are sitting there going, clapping after, you know, a bull hits it or whatever. And they say, they come over to me and they say, are you an engineer? And I say, no, I'm a redneck from Southeast Missouri. And so <laughs> how you figure out? I said, well, it's pretty simple. Form follows function. But I, I nailed it. It's anatomical, you know? And so anyway, it's a... Uh, it's one that's going to stay there. And, and um, it's, you don't know that you have it on, you know, that's the good part. So if it's not comfortable, you know, you can forget about, you know, kids wearing it. I got five sizes. I got hammer, boss, hog, trophy. And <laughs> oh, <up>. wow. <laughs> so that's how they sell. Oh, oh, that is fantastic. That's, that's the best thing I've heard all day. Oh, wow. Uh, but I don't, uh, I, don't I, I don't know what size I would be. I'm scared to say. <laughs> uh, well, you know, every little guy walks in there up to the chick at the counter and he says, I'm a hog. And then every eighth grader wants to be a Mongo. <laughs> so, oh, God. Kinda just the way it is, folks. Nah, but, that's uh, all good. Well, you know, that was number one on YouTube about 12 years ago when it first came out, you know, and that came, that video came out where I take a shot in the nads at 90 miles an hour. And I, and I took a whole bunch of them. I was on Lopez, Fox Sports Science, Fox and Friends Morning Show. You know, the, that was the biggest show going. And uh, I'm four and a half feet away and I do laser it in so it won't go sideways and hit me somewhere. I've had it hit me in glance, and it, I'm black and blue, you know, for God, two or three weeks. I bet. Yeah. And that uh, came to you at 90 miles an hour in that video? It's actually a little bit more than 90, wow. some of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, but that's uh, crazy. Uh, even if yeah. I believed in the product, I'd be scared it'd be off just an inch or so. <laughs> just, ah. Well, you know, I was just sitting there trying to just. I had Miss uh, Miss USA. She shot me in the nuts with a uh, gun. Uh, what was it? What was it? Paint guns. Oh, paintball gun. Yeah, and she pissed me off. You know, she hit she, you right in the leg. Hell yeah, she pissed me. In the, <laughs> hit me in the leg, and I said, "Sweetheart," I said, "You got to hit me in the nuts, the nuts." <laughs> so she finally got it right on the next shot. Uh, that was on Tom Green show. That's what it was. Tom. Oh, Green. I got you, got you. I remember that. Yeah, and you know, she come on there and she was from Missouri. And I said, Well, since you're from Missouri to make this count, I said, Do you need any hooch right there to make you shoot better? And she said, No, 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 no I'm fine. <laughs> no, she wasn't fine. She needed some good hooch. <laughs> Whatever. You, you learned that lesson too late, though. Oh, oh no. Yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. But, uh, it, it's a it's fun product. You know, my books are fun. You know, they got all fives except for one little grandma that said I cussed too much. 
So now well, you're going to have it. You can't always make every grandma happy. No. Yeah. Right. So, right. so the, the books available, I'm pretty sure probably anywhere online or is it in yeah. stores? Can you get it like borders, Barnes and Noble places like you can go to Amazon, you know, you can go to, if you can spell Latell, marklatell.com, you can pick it up. My third book's not up on there yet, but the first two are in the third book. Uh, third book's 86,000 words. It's a big, it's a bigger book. It's, it, and it's also nine inches by six inches. So it's a pretty good size book. And um, I'm just, what size, what size nutty buddy would that be? Like that would be a uh, Mongo. That's a Mongo. Okay. Got you. <laughs> That'd be Mongo. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, uh, no, it, it's just not for baseball. You know, that's, you know, we, we had the, um, the U S uh, fencing team used it so they didn't want to get their nuts scared, you know? So <laughs> fencing team. Wow. Uh, all right. So where, where, and is nutty buddy still available? Where, where do you buy it at? You can buy it on Dick's, of course. You should get a Dick's. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, we had it at Dick's, but Dick's don't know how to market shit. So, anyway, <laughs> you know, so anyway, you know, this is a high end product anyway. If you, if you want to, you know, if you want grandkids, you got to have a nutty buddy. You know, I, they, I, you don't go. walk around with some of this other crap that's V shaped and then you're, and you're, you're squeaking like, oh, uh, you know, you can't do <laughs> no, we don't want that. <laughs> you know, yeah. Kids can't wear them. Man, yeah. hey, I'll tell you what. One time I was in Las Vegas and there was a guy on the street that was taking twenty dollar uh, bills to let you kick him in the nuts, and he he could have used the nutty buddy. I, if only I knew now what I knew then. I mean, <laughs> it made a killer. Oh, ah. <laughs> <Not> really? <laughs> Man, that's true. You know, his granddad granddads even buy them for their little damn grandsons, and then they get pissed off because they break their toe, and then the mama comes in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, well, you know, lacrosse, it's big. It's big in hockey. You know, they're starting to use it in hockey now. They finally figured out that that puck, it, it stops that puck even. So it's, it's made out of 124 Lexan. See, it's not the damn what it's made out of, even though it's real good stuff. It's it's the design anyway. Because You said ergonomically correct, right? It's, it's, it's covers them both, and it's really sweet. Just that's, bingo. That's good. You don't want to leave one little guy out. That'd nice. be bad. Uh, man, I, you know what? We're up against time constraints, and I feel like we could talk all night. And uh, you know what? I, I think it's just going to have to be maybe another time down the road. We're going to have to hook back up, man, because this has been a pleasure just uh, shooting the shit and having a good conversation, man. Yeah, that's good. I like Ridge Runners. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Ramrod. Uh, I mean, yeah. um, but uh, I hey. Ramrod. Yeah, <laughs> Mark, man, you've been a pleasure, brother. We, we're so glad to have you on the show, man. And and man, we'll, we'll find you somewhere down the road, man. We'll bring you back. All right, we'll catch up. Y'all have fun. Hey, you do the same, man. If you're ever out here ridge riding, you know, find us. We'll we'll take you out somewhere fun, man. Yeah, you betcha. Count sounds good. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, Thanks, Mark. Mark. Thanks again, man. <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us this week. Don't forget, we're out every week on a Thursday or Friday for you to hear new episodes. And next week, we got another baseball guest. We're going to get into the world of scouting. And he's got a little bit of experience under his belt playing baseball as well. So anyway, as always, make sure you subscribe. Find us wherever you listen to your podcast and, and get us where we're going to let you know when that new episode drops. And as Yogi Berra said, Nobody goes down there anymore. It's way too crowded. I don't know if that means anything or not, but I just felt like giving you a Yogi Bear quote to close out the show. This has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We'll see you next week. Have a good weekend.